0: <laughs>
1: hello everybody welcome back to another episode of the only horror movie podcast i am nick and i'm joe and this is a podcast where me nick Poopo, uh I am a horror newbie and joe chapowski here he's uh he's been watching horror films since he was a kid yeah he knows a
0: lot about him since i was a young young boy too young probably
1: yeah hell yeah too young just a lad you know speaking of too young just to get right into this yeah i uh i was i was i was on a, a little date with a lady uh who by the way i'll get to in a minute i i'm kind of starting to crush on a lady here joe but um oh man yeah it's big news but i was telling her I, I i forgot that you know like i saw the part of the shining when i was like eight years old oh wow that's too young for that. <laughs> too young and uh it was i think it was just like mostly the scene was in the bathroom with the bathtub lady
0: oh yeah that's the one of the many but probably the most inappropriate scene for a kid that age it's
1: it's inappropriate and also probably the most haunting
0: not good for uh, i mean hey maybe that explains part of the reason why you are the way you are today you know I think so. I think there's a lot of things that explain.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of little sprinklings of odd, somewhat traumatic
0: events that have happened in my life that I think have led me to becoming an odd fella. Yeah. Hey, that makes sense. You know, I uh, think I had, you know, similar, similar experiences. Yeah. uh, Growing up. But yeah, eight years old watching The Shining. Damn.
1: Yeah, I—I I mean, I remember. Uh, it was that in Starship Troopers. It was at the same kid's house with the same dad, just having it on, and also saying the same thing when each of them were on, which was, uh, "Yeah, you probably shouldn't be watching this, but did nothing to stop it."
0: Well, hey, you know, at least then that kind of prepares you. They'll let you know that this is a. Uh... This is for adults and it's uh not meant for children.
1: I knew it wasn't for me.
0: I saw Starship Troopers really young too. Uh but I love that movie. And uh Oh,
1: it's great. It's a great movie.
0: I mean, you know, those co-ed shower scenes. Uh mm-hmm. I remember that. I saw that. It was just like, is this what the future is gonna be like? Yeah. I was pretty excited. Yeah. I saw that scene and
1: I saw the 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 what there was like a training scene. I think they were doing like a like a skirmish or something, and then A guy took off his helmet and they're like, don't take off your helmet. And then he gets shot in the head and his brains are everywhere. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't until later as an adult when I saw that movie that I realized that that's like supposed to be kind of a comedic scene. Is it? I think it's kind of I mean, it's kind of funny because I think he like maybe just the way that he's like, no, it's like kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah, I had no idea that that movie growing up was like a, a satire and like a funny movie.
0: Yeah. it's Well, it's such a weird tone because it is a satire, but it's also so graphically violent. And dark. And yeah, and fucked up that like, you know, because it's a satire of Nazi Germany. Right. It does not really pull any punches at all. You know, like uh, <laughs> no, people thought when it came out that, that there was like he was making like a serious... Propaganda film or something, which I don't understand because, like, Nazi Germany hadn't been a thing for quite a while when that movie came out. And, uh, yeah, Paul Verhoeven grew up in Nazi occupied uh Amsterdam, I think.
1: Oh, no shit.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And his other movies, you know, like Robocop was a satire. You know, it was not like it was his first time doing a movie like that. You know? That's right. He did Robocop. They, they, like, uh, they didn't know how to take it when that came out.
1: Yeah. It's a very fun, uh, watch um yeah why do we uh why
0: why are we like this joe you know where we We could probably do an entire podcast on just that question sometimes i wonder Uh, how
1: personal we should get in this podcast you know but um uh
0: it's always good to keep in mind that a lot of our friends and family do listen to this that's also very true good good idea i wanted to mention just a quick thank you to the many uh old friends family members people who have reached out to say nice things about this podcast oh that's great uh over the last few weeks yeah you know like uh my old friend nick longo my old friend amanda from back in the saint pete music scene uh, my cousin austin nice kathy who i saw group shower yeah uh a lot of different people uh that rules yeah yeah it's been nice to know that people are uh people are digging the podcast uh i went to knots scary farm with uh monique and kevin love them yeah kevin said he's listened to just about all the episodes at this point so oh that rules that's awesome thanks kevin so we really appreciate you guys for uh checking this out yeah
1: um well like i mentioned before joe i did i did meet a lady uh and uh i am I'm, I'm into her it's kind of a it's an interesting a series of events that have led to this moment, but who knows what's going to happen? You know, I tend to be kind of flip floppy and not really know what I want, but I got to tell you, this this girl is Italian. Oh, uh, yeah. She's checking all the boxes for me. Oh, that sounds that could be the you. Only, <laughs> she the only problem is she uh, she she wants to move into L.A., and take my apartment which is why we met up in the first place and then it turned into a date and then i was like after we split up i was like hey just so you know i um i'm like hesitant to ask you out like on a on a a official date because uh you know you're moving to la and i'm coming here and you know i don't know what you And she was like i would love to go out on a date and so i was like okay so we went out and uh very nice and uh i like her a lot and i'm taking her out again to a little italy in the bronx oh nice
0: yeah really going full italian huh you know
1: yeah well it's funny i've never dated an italian woman before and she's like full-blooded italian she uh lived in calabria where my family's from for a little while i mean she's from georgia
0: originally but she like oh yeah you guys might be cousins huh
1: we could oh that's a Fact uh, that could be true. <laughs> I might want to do some research. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, she's just very uh, sweet, and I'm very attracted to her. And oh boy, we'll see what happens, Joe.
0: Man, well, you know, uh, it sounds like a nice thing. I hope it works out well. Thanks, man. I'm out here looking for a wife. Maybe that'll, uh, you know, if you, if you end up dating a girl who moves to L.A., then you'll probably be back here more often than you even thought
1: yeah i think that that is a very real possibility um it, it just all depends on how this bronx state goes and if this bronx state is a uh, really takes it up a notch then uh we're gonna have to figure some stuff out but who knows we could go on a date and be like you know what it's just not uh what we thought it was yeah it's possible
0: you know she might stab you she yeah. might be your cousin and then, you know, that would be awkward. Yeah, it would be awkward. It'd be worse. Although apparently people used to marry their cousins all the time back in the day. But that's, you know, it's frowned upon now.
1: Well, thanks, man. I'll take that as a green light. Yeah, well, you have my blessing. <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, well,
0: anyways, how are you, man? Are you are you doing well? You, you're tired. You got a little sore neck little tired but i'm waking up i just drank some coffee before we started recording and i don't know for sure that it was one of the roller coasters at knott's berry farm but uh mm. you know after uh, a night of haunted houses and couple rides i woke up extremely sore like my neck and my shoulder are just fucked and i can't turn my head all the way to the left
1: yeah it sounds like that's exactly what happened then
0: yeah which is you know it's too bad because i really enjoy roller coasters you know and uh yeah but you're in your 30s it's true it's true but you know i've been i'm in better shape than i was in my 20s though you know like right right you know i spent like most half of my 20s like chronically injured Uh, right. And I'm in better shape now, but you know,
1: but that's the thing about being thirties in your thirties is things just happen. It's true. Your body just shuts down in ways and uh, there's nothing we can do about it. We're, I don't know if I'm quite to that point yet, but uh, no man,
0: (laughs) you're getting, you're decrepit, man. (laughs) Accept it. Well, you know, I'll try to accept it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're fine. Keep uh, working out and doing yoga and stuff though. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Don't listen to me. I'm, I'm an old man, um, I'm younger than you, but all right. So let's get into this movie. Huh? Yeah. It's a, by the way, happy Halloween. Almost folks. We're, we're really coming up on it.
0: Yeah. We're counting down the days, you know, we've got like uh what, like a week. Yeah. Just over a week out.
1: Yeah. Very exciting. This is going to be a nice fun Halloween. Uh, I'm very excited about this one and we're doing a, uh, one of our uh, Halloween special episodes today and, uh, we're doing night of the demons from 1988. Yeah, it's a,
0: I don't know if I could quite call it a classic, but it's a fun one.
1: Sure. It's a very 80s horror movie. It is like yes. quintessential, very much like hits all the tropes of 80s horror flicks. It is, mm-hmm. you know, horribly acted, but in a very entertaining way you know
0: i'm not like entirely sure that that wasn't like by design you know because i kind of got the idea that right watching the making of that nobody was taking this movie super seriously when they made it
1: oh i don't think you could have the script is is absurd and yeah it's a it's a very entertaining i was talking to uh a friend about it and i was just like yeah it's this movie that's like um it's incredibly entertaining in a really bad way you know like a just a a bad way but all, but bad good like just one of those movies where you're like this is so stupid and weird
0: that you just uh you're hooked yeah i'm i'm not personally a fan of the the phrase uh, so bad that it's good yeah for sure uh, just because i think if something is good then it's good you know like yeah i don't know i feel like uh maybe we differ
1: in that way because i most people do okay because it's uh i guess you could say yeah it's good but if, I, if someone were like hey was that movie good i wouldn't just be like yes i'd have to be like well it's no it's bad but it's it's good because
0: it's bad i mean see i would answer that question differently i i would say it's a great movie mm-hmm. uh you know it's not not trying to be anything other than entertaining i think sure which i don't know for me the worst thing a movie what makes a bad movie is that it's boring You know, there's a lot of like boring, pretentious movies that people consider great films. And I don't understand that because like I'd rather fucking stare out the window than watch some of them.
1: No, that's a good point. You know, maybe you're maybe you're changing my philosophy here, Joe, because it's not it is not boring. It is a very through and through
0: entertaining. It keeps you hooked. You know, there's not a dull moment. I mean, it's um, I mean, but then to be fair, it is it's like it's super campy. mm -hmm. It's low budget. You know, it's like basically a B movie Mm -hmm. uh, and it does borrow heavily from a lot of other like two movies specifically that it really takes like, (laughs) I feel like 90% of what it is from. Okay. Uh, That would be the evil dead and uh, demons. Oh, okay. Not Night, just, de- just Demons. Okay, Demons, all right. Yeah, which is an Italian movie. Ah, Italians, Calabria. Where people go to a movie and then they turn into demons. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, those Italians, they know they know horror.
0: <laughs> yeah, not an Italian movie, but this is going to be an Italy-heavy <laughs> episode, apparently. <laughs> I thought I was Italian growing up. My, Our grandma always told us that we were Italian on her side, my mom's mom. Oh, my. And then she passed away and my cousin did like a uh, ancestry or 23 and me. Okay. And found out that, uh, that side of the family is from San Juan, hundred percent Puerto Rican. Incredible. Yeah. What a wonderful story that is. All our relatives, all our relatives were like, uh, <laughs> that rules like the most Spanish names, all living in Puerto Rico. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> did she speak Italian or anything? Did your grandma? Uh, I think she knew a handful of words. I think right. her stepdad was Italian. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I think her actual parents Did she were, uh... not
1: understand like the concept of a stepdad? And did she just think it was her real dad or- Hard to say yeah i think it had a
0: lot to do with uh racism growing up in brooklyn during the depression era yeah that makes sense i mean i feel like it was only this much better to be italian back then right still it was yeah right yeah yeah italians were frowned upon you know back then they were
1: not uh people did not like them and they all thought that there was a the big mob stereotypes everybody was like uh, oh they're all connected to the mob and stuff and the italians did not like that
0: Yeah. Well, you know, she did have a brother who was in the mob. Oh, there you go. You know, and uh, one of my uh, uncles on the other side of the family might have some connections to the right traffic family, but I won't go into that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, You know, they didn't like the stereotypes, but a lot of them fit them pretty well. You know, like I had uh, two old uh, like old cousins from back in the day who were bank robbers. And uh, the Russo brothers. That's tight. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stories with those guys. They got shot up uh, by the police and stuff, and it's great. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, let's get into the movie.
0: By the way, guys, uh, follow us on Instagram. Email us at theonlyhorromoviepod at gmail.com. And subscribe and rate us five stars. Write a review if you can. Yeah, please. Yeah, let's do it. Yes, yeah, so we got Night of the Demons from 1988. Directed by Kevin S. Tenney. Written by Joe Augustin, and it stars Kathy Podwell, Amelia Kincaid, Linnea Quigley, Hal Havens, William Gallo, and Alvin Alexis. The original working title was Halloween Party. Okay. But they had to change it because Mustafa Akkad threatened to sue them.
1: And who's Mustafa Akkad? Oh, wait, Mustafa Akkad, we know that person, right? From the...
0: Producer of, uh, executive producer, I think, of uh, John Carpenter's Halloween and many of the subsequent sequels. So because they were using the the word Halloween, he could sue them. He was either able to sue them or he was uh he was going to yeah, there it was some way that he was going to like uh cause problems for them if they use that title. So that's how it got yeah. changed at the very last minute to Night of the Demons, which I think is actually a better title. Mm -hmm. I like it. I don't have a ton of notes for this one because there's surprisingly not a ton written about this movie. But uh, it was directed by Kevin S. Tenney, who's an American film director, writer, and producer uh, known for Witchboard, Night of the Demons. Witch trap? Mm. The cellar. Mm-hmm. Peacemaker. Mm. Which board to the devil's doorway? Okay. Pinocchio's revenge. Ah, classic. Arrival. Endangered species. Brain dead and Bigfoot. Wonderful. I I don't think I've seen any of these movies besides Night of the Demons. Okay. I'm sure they're all great. Yeah, you know they're all Criterion Collection you know, critically acclaimed ah. Academy award-winning movies. Yeah, that's fantastic. Especially Pinocchio's Revenge. Oh, we all know that one. I mean, that was a uh, I used
1: to watch that one with my family. We would all gather around the, the tube. Yeah. You know, continuing the Italian theme. Well, we all knew that after we watched Pinocchio for the first time, it was like, when's this guy going to get his revenge? You know, because
0: right, because they wronged him in that movie, didn't they?
1: Yeah. I mean, is he, is he getting back at the whale? I don't know.
0: He's getting getting (laughs) revenge on somebody.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. Okay, folks, well, happy Halloween. And here we have Night of the Demons 1988, the plot synopsis. We open on an animated title sequence. A monstrous looking jack o' lantern turns into a moon, and we see images of a cemetery, ghosts, monsters, and demons, and an image of an old spooky house. A title card reads "Night of the Demons" in glowing orange letters over a pulsating synth score, uh, and a lot of spooky imagery. Cut to a jack lantern on top of a spray-painted car, driven by a group of teenage punks in Halloween costumes. Yeah. By the way, what do you think of this title sequence? I thought it was good. There's like uh, some good animations, and uh, you know, I mean, it was like a hokey and silly and and cheaply done. I think, but um, pretty fun. I mean, it looked like anything uh, you know, uh, uh, an undergrad student could make, in an, uh you know, editing program now for like uh, you know, maybe he'd get like a a B minus.
0: Yeah. Well it was uh it was actually done by uh Kathy Zelinsky, who was uh an animator for Disney. She actually did she was working on The Little Mermaid during the day, and then she would go home to her home studio and work on the title sequence for Night of the Demons at night.
1: Burning the candle at both ends. Gotta love her. Yeah, she created uh
0: Ursula, the Sea Witch. Incredible.
1: Wow! Yeah. Well, I take back everything I said. It was very professionally done. Um, so we're in this uh, we're in this car with these teenagers. Stooge, the driver, is a big fat fellow with a mullet, wearing a pig nose for a costume. In the back seat is Roger, and in the passenger seat is Helen. They spot an old man walking down the street, and Stooge moons him, revealing his jack lantern underwear. As they drive off, Stooge says, "Happy Halloween, asshole!" Um, <laughs> I'm not sure why, uh, th- it feels like maybe this guy is the neighborhood, uh, curmudgeon, you know, I think so. But, uh, it feels like in the beginning of the movie, you're like, wow, they're just mooning this poor old dude carrying groceries home at night. And, uh, seems <laughs> uh, needlessly cruel. Stooge isn't
0: the nicest guy. <laughs> he's- no,
1: he's not. No. He's- and we'll see more of that later. The old man says, damn you all to hell, as they speed off. We cut to a POV shot from across the street approaching the old man. Sal, a guy in a denim jacket with slick back hair and an absurdly cartoonish Brooklyn accent, comes out and scares the man with a fake rat, and he drops his groceries. The old man is pissed, and Sal says, hey, cool it, Pops. You don't want to blow your pacemaker or something, and then he runs off. The old man begins picking up his groceries when he's spooked again by Judy. She apologizes and says she was just trying to help. And and the man says, I don't need your help, you damn little whore. Oh, super aggressive here, Jeff. Yeah, right?
0: (laughs) Now, Now you're like, oh, maybe he deserved to get mooned. Yeah, we don't like this old man. We had sympathy for him. With those jack-o'-lantern underwear.
1: <laughs> yeah. So then Judy says, uh, oh, I don't need to help an old creep like you anyway. And she runs off. The old man says, damn rotten kids. They'll get what they deserve tonight. As he picks up an apple with a package of razor blades.
0: Sal, by the way, is actually from Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, he, it's. The actor is. Yeah, I
1: believe that. I mean, he he still has the feel of a Brooklyn uh, guy. You know, it's not like he's putting it on, but it's just like
0: so over the top, like a like just a a parody of a Brooklyn man. Well, the weird thing is that, like, I saw him in an interview and he doesn't talk with that accent. Oh, not at all. He's from Brooklyn. Yeah, right. Sounds much more, uh, you know, human. Yeah. Just like it talks, you know, indistinct accent. (laughs) Right. Uh,
1: At home, Judy asks her mom if Jay Jansen is called. She says he hasn't. But another boy named Sal stopped by and she's like, Sal jay calls and tells judy instead of the school dance they should go to this party thrown by a girl named angela during the call judy is changing and we get a very gratuitous shot of her butt i mean almost uh revealing her vagina i mean we were getting
0: her pulling down her underwear and bending over um just a big old shot of her butt yeah she didn't want to be topless in the scene with the little brother so i think that was the compromise
1: yeah i mean that makes sense good for her it's a very uh, tasteful lady Uh, She says the only she says the only Angela she knows is a weird girl from history class and that she's into witchcraft and all sorts of creepy stuff. And Jay's like, yeah, uh, that's her. And and Judy's like, ah, so uh, Jay. And he says that, you know, she's just a weird misfit who wants attention. Judy doesn't like it, but she says, who else is going to have a better Halloween party? It's like Christmas to her. Judy reluctantly agrees to check out the party before Jay informs her that it's being held at whole, at, at the whole house. She says, whole house? Jay? Jay says he'll pick her up in 20 minutes and hangs up. Judy goes into her closet wearing only a see-through bra as she uh, opens her closet. Her little brother Billy pops out in a monster mask to scare her. Bah! He looks at her tits <laughs> and says, wow, bodacious boobies, sis. You keep on growing. You're going to have to
0: hire somebody to tie your shoes before she kicks them out. Yeah, that actor in an interview said that that is the only line from his entire career that he remembers. I mean, it's a pretty memorable line. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's also a little shitbag, this kid. Yeah. The doorbell rings and
1: Billy puts on his mask to answer the door to scare whoever rung it, but he can't see anybody. There's nobody there. Uh, The side door opens to the garage and uh, Sal pops out and scares him. And Sal says, I wish I brought a camera. You look like you dropped a load, Junior. Uh, He tells Billy to go tell his sister that Sal is here and to tell her that uh, he brought his pet snake for her to play with. Billy says that Judy is getting ready for another date, a-hole. And to get out of here, Sal bribes him with a dollar and to tell him where the party is. And then he steals Billy's mask. Cut to a close-up of a girl's pink underwear as she's bent over with her skirt riding up. Very uh, revealing shot here. And it lingers, too. Oh, it lingers for a long time. We're just held on this woman's butt. And, uh, you know, we can see all sorts of shapes through underwear. This is Suzanne, and she's she's bent over in pink heels with ruffle socks and a pink skirt, blatantly showing her underwear to distract the nerds, um, the two nerds behind the counter at a convenience store, who are just oogling over, uh, over this lady's
0: butt. Oh, yeah, they're just staring slack-jawed. And I yeah. think they were kind of like uh, kind of points to the audience like, hey, this is you. Right. Absolutely. You know, like this is what you guys are. Absolutely.
1: Uh, as she's uh, distracting the uh, the convenience store workers, Angela, her friend, steals supplies for the party. And it's a very effective plan. Angela leaves the station with uh, stolen goods. While Suzanne says to the nerds, do you guys have sour balls? And one of the nerds says, well, sure we do. And she says, too bad. I bet you don't get many blowjobs. And she heads out
0: the door. Suzanne, played by the great Linnea Quigley.
1: Now, who is Linnea Quigley?
0: She is a uh, probably may, maybe the most prolific '80s B horror movie uh, actress of all time. Oh yeah, one of the yeah one of the notable uh, known as a scream queen, which is a you know kind of outdated and sexist term a little bit, but you know she's most uh, well known for Return of the Living Dead uh, and maybe oh. this movie. Oh, right on. But she's been in a bunch. Well, she's very good. Uh, Outside,
1: Suzanne is fixing her makeup and asks Angela if she remembered to invite cute boys to the party. She says, of course she did. She's going to scare the shit out of them. Cut to Judy getting ready. She's watching an old creepy cartoon with a sort of anthropomorphic spider catching a pair of terrified flies. Jay shows up for the date and awkwardly tells Billy he thinks his little sister is... uh is really nice girl and Billy asks if uh, if he's dating her because of her personality or her big cha-cha's. Judy's mom offers some uh, offers Jay some fudge logs that look like tiny little dog turds, which he declines and uh, and then they head to the party. All
0: this kid talks about is his older sister's tits. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's really uh, just uh, infatuated
0: with these things. Yeah, it's uh. Kind of funny, but in a weird, creepy way.
1: Yeah, I mean, he seems like kind of a, he I mean, yeah, they should make a they really could have done a spin-off of this little Billy kid. I mean, he could have grown up to be a real fuck up. Yeah. Actors seem like a nice guy, though. Yeah. Well, I hope he's doing all right. Jay goes to kiss Judy a few times, but she pulls away and asks him to slow down. It's got that very we're already we're already hitting that very 80s trope of the uh, of the guy. There's a line in Berbiglia's first one man show Sleepwalk With Me where he makes a joke about this. His first sexual experience, he was like, it was kind of like the the eighties trope of the of the guy coming onto the girl. You know, he was like, but it switched. He was like, he was the girl and he was it's like Devin and the woman's like, Devin, I can't. And he's like, but you can. And I was like, it's <laughs> a really per- perfect encapsulation of it. Oh, uh, I remember that line. It's so good. It's been a while since I've seen that, but yeah. I just re listened to it the other day. It's a fucking incredible album. So cut to st- <laughs> was that just that, fuck it. But you can. That's it's such so, a it's, good, it's creepy so good. Uh Cut to Stooge, Helen, and Roger driving to the party. Roger says, "Whoever drew the map must be uh, half blind and half retarded." Uh, and Stooge says, "Angela is a dizzy fucking bitch." Before he yells at Helen to shut the fuck up and drive, bitch. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like Stooge is like too misogynist <sighs> even for the '80s. Like, yeah, it's incredible. He's like, he's like it's like wow, this character hates women he's oh such yeah a fucking dick yeah
1: and this is not the last time he calls women i mean throughout the entire movie he's the entire calling movie, them bitches. it's
0: like fucking jesse from breaking bad but bean <laughs> right
1: he uh after he says uh shut up and drive he jerks the wheel causing the car to spin violently we cut to jay and judy picking up their friends franny and max we cut to uh we cut again back to stooge and the gang they're now stuck on the side of the road with a flat tire Helen thinks they made a wrong turn and Stooge says and Stooge says he knows where the whole house is and it ain't far from here. So shut up and start walking. Roger says this is a line I like. He says, uh, walk. Are you fat and dumb? Uh, (laughs) It's a really solid line there. Yeah. And the answer is kind of yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So Jay and Judy and Max and Franny all pull up. Uh, in their car and they said hey you need a hand and they say yeah and then they all give them an an applause as they drive away nice little uh, misdirect there nice little prank
0: yeah it reminds me of uh what big assholes high school students were you know in the early 2000s when I was still in high school yeah I'm um it's definitely reminiscent
1: of that type we're a bunch of, of fucking
0: dickheads you know
1: <laughs> yep uh one time I I I one one time I was at a stop sign And then this guy uh, after school ran the stop sign and then I was so mad at him that I followed him and I was like honking at him and then he got out of his car and he walked up to my, he's this massive dude and he walks up to my car and he's like, you got a problem? And I was like, no, I do not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Yeah. High school, man. So Judy and the crew pull up to the whole house, an old funeral parlor. They discuss how a member of the whole family went crazy and slaughtered the entire family and then himself. The group are uh, the group are very excited to uh, party in this place, except for Judy, who is still pretty reluctant. The whole house is huge, boarded up, run down, possibly haunted old house surrounded by a 10 foot high brick wall. The property is covered in overgrown weeds. Max, who is in a doctor costume, uses his uh, stethoscope to listen to an underground stream running under the brick wall surrounding the house. He lets Judy listen and she says water. Uh, he says that, according to legend, the evil spirit that haunts the land can't cross over the running water. A quick POV of something watching them inside the house. Inside, the house is covered in uh, layers of ancient dust. They mentioned that they roasted the maid, and Jay says, great, barbecued maid. No wonder she didn't keep the place clean. Unsure what that means.
0: Yeah, just the, just like... That's the best line you could come up with. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Barbecued mate. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sure. He's like a typical, like 80s cool guy. Like, I can't remember if he had a popped collar polo shirt, but that's his vibe. Yes. So Jay finds an old coffin and he
1: wants to hide inside of it and scare the next people who come. When he opens it, Sal pops out in Billy's monster mask and scares him instead. Uh, They aren't happy to see Sal, you know, but Angela appears and says that, uh, he was invited. No, oh, he was He was not invited. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Angela says he was not invited. Uh, Sal says, allow me to introduce myself in a Dracula voice. And Max says, yeah, count Dingleberry, the flaming asshole from Transylvania. Stooge walks in and says, dudes and
0: dudesses. Aha, oh, let's party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, he seems like he's going to be fun. And then he goes right back to being an asshole. Yeah, he's the worst. Uh,
1: cut to the party. Suzanne is playing punk rock in the boom box and Angela is setting up food. It's a very I mean, Joe, I just want to point out here. It's a very lame party. There's like eight people total,
0: you know. But it's uh, it's in a spooky old house, so they're having a good time. Yeah, so that's what makes it cool. uh, Angela, by the way, is a classic 80s goth chick dressed like Susie Sue, just to paint the picture a little bit.
1: Who's Susie Sue, Joe?
0: Uh, She's the singer of Susie and the Banshees. Oh, okay. Post-punk band from the late 70s and 80s. Okay, all right. Singing the song Spellbound. All right. Robert Smith from The Cure was initially a member of that band.
1: Oh, sick. That's yeah. some cool history. Everyone,
0: you guys all know Susie Sue.
1: Yeah, everybody, everyone. Everyone listening knows. That's right. So Angela warns Judy not to upset the spirits by leaving stuff lying around. Meanwhile, Suzanne is bent over again, warming her ass by the fireplace where Max is crouched, watching, just staring blatantly, just looking into her vagina like it's the eye of, uh, you know.
0: Uh, the, an eye. <laughs> <laughs> the eye of, uh, what? You're thinking of Lord of, of the Rings? Or yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I like that eye <laughs> on the
1: tower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so his girlfriend Franny does not like this one bit. So Helen puts on a strobe light she found in her acid mom's closet. Everybody's like, woo! And they continue, uh, having a, a big ass rager. So Suzanne, the horniest girl at the party, by the way, we got to keep, we got to keep this in mind, folks. She's very horny. Yeah, she's always like, I wanna look good for the boys. All right, Suzanne is, uh, she's she's dancing and she moves in between Judy and Jay, taking Jay's attention. Uh, and he moves off to dance with her and Judy's like, what the? Suddenly the boombox dies to everyone's dismay. Sal says, uh, any of you idiots ever heard of Duracell? Angela says that it's time for the party games. Stooge says, uh, we can play post office and you can be the stamp. He like does a, a licky thing. Oh. Yeah, really gross. I missed that. <laughs> yeah, it's really gross. Oh, yeah, actually, it also sounds like it says post orifice, which I wasn't sure if that was a mispronunciation. Hmm. But um, everyone laughs because it uh, it was in the script. <laughs> <laughs> they should laughed. Um, so she wants to, to do a seance, right? Helen is concerned that it's Halloween, the night when all the creepy things are supposed to stalk the earth. She says that there's no telling what they might dredge up. Franny suggests a past life seance where they all look into a mirror and see their past lives. A wind blows and Stooge wants to check it out, dragging Roger into a room with shredded curtains. They disappear out of sight when we hear both Roger and Stooge scream. Roger runs out of the room, clearly disturbed. Everyone's like, what? Stooge found an antique full-length mirror in the other room. Judy is still very concerned, but they decide to go ahead and do the seance. Cut to the group gathered around the mirror. Angela says they need to stare into the mirror until it gets until it turns black and reveals what she looked like in her past life. Roger sits in the back turned away. He's clearly seen something terrible. He's very disturbed here as they stare. The mirror turns black and somebody else. Holy shit, causing everyone to turn and look away. Angela's like, "Ah, you guys ruined it while they're distracted. A demon that looks like a fucked up dragon skull, reminiscent of the demon in Hellraiser, you hear. you wrote here, Joe.
0: I had to note it because it does remind me a lot of the demon from the end of Hellraiser.
1: Fantastic. That thing appears in the mirror. Helen turns and sees a dead woman's face appear and she screams as the mirror topples over and shatters. Helen is sobbing hysterically, saying she just saw the face in the mirror. Judy is the only one taking her seriously. The rest are unconcerned. Pretty cool shot of the uh, shattered mirror on the floor here with each character individually in uh, their own separate piece. And they hold on to that for for a good two minutes.
0: Yeah, that was one of like, there's a handful of shots in this movie that were like pretty cool and inventive, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Or at least stolen from a good source. Yeah,
1: likely. So they hear a knock and they and and Judy says it sounds like it came from the basement cut to the basement the door to a giant furnace flies open and the demon from the mirror crawls out we see a pov of the demon crawling through the house and into the room where the partygoers are gathered they're complaining about the bad smell before the demon settles on Suzanne possessing her Angela says that the noise they heard the stink and all the chill they felt are signs of demonic infestation a few of the group are concerned uh, but stooge is just making Jokes. His shirt has a devil on it and it says Born to Burn. Uh Roger says his dad is a preacher and that this is the house of the dead, and he's getting out before it's too late. Then Franny says, get a whiff of that. Suddenly the group smells not stink, but they smell roses, thinking they're smelling multiple ghosts now. The camera circles around the entire group as Angela explains that the house isn't haunted, but rather possessed by demons. So what that means, Joe, what she explains, is that it's not people who used to live here. This is just spirits. Yeah, evil spirits. Evil spirits that haunt the house. So, uh, still not taking it seriously. Sal says it's not possessed, just repossessed. Uh, Everyone gets a little good chuckle out of that. Uh, We get a good shot. We get a shot of the camera panning down from above Suzanne and then back up as she says, For tonight, anyway. In a deep, strange voice. Helen's, uh, Helen and Roger want to leave, but everybody else wants to stay and party. Stooge thinks, uh, Stooge says, I think this is what he says, Joe. Yeah, eat a bowl of fuck. That is what he says. All right. Nailed it. So something is clearly up with Suzanne as Helen and Roger head out the door to go home. Jay asks Judy to explore the house with him. Suzanne says she wants to find the bathroom and Sal offers to go along to protect her, but says she'd rather take Stooge because she's... In the mood for pork tonight. Before she leaves, she turns to Angela and makes out with Angela, much to Angela's surprise. And there's a dolly zoom of the two kissing
0: as fire roars into a huge blaze in the fireplace. Dolly zoom is that uh for anyone who doesn't know, is that classic Hitchcock shot that they also used in Jaws or the camera dollies forward and I think zooms out at the same time? That's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it causes like the subject to come in focus where the background like moves. Yeah, it's a very it's a fantastic
1: shot. So Stooge follows Suzanne as she wanders off. Angela turns and smiles a creepy smile at Sal. In another room, Max prepares to, uh, to share a scary story about the house with Judy, Jay, and Franny, and, uh, while Suzanne and Stooge look for the bathroom. Suzanne locks herself in the bathroom, leaving Stooge in the hall. In an exam room, Max tells the story of how the native tribes in the area wouldn't set foot on this side of the underground creek where the ground was considered unclean. He says he read in a book written by by an early settler that a young brave and his family got lost and made home in the area. Uh, they found him three weeks later sitting under a teepee made of his wife's intestines and chewing on the leg of his baby.
0: Yeah, Ooh. he makes it like a little more racist version, but. Yeah, but we uh, cleaned that up a little. Yeah.
1: So Jay covertly gestures to, uh, for Max and Franny to leave so he can take advantage of Judy. Jay tries to get Judy in the mood. But she says that the the place is too creepy. Meanwhile, outside, Roger and Helen are looking for the gate to the whole house. uh, But it seems that the gate has disappeared. Roger turns around. And when he turns back, Helen is gone. She's gone. And a creepy voice calls out to him. We can't really make it out. I mean, right. It's it's saying his name.
0: I think so. Yeah. We should note, by the way, that uh, Roger is the only uh, black character in the. in the cast yes he is uh franny is the only asian and the rest are all very white
1: yes very true uh so roger runs and hides inside of angela's car inside the funeral home jay and judy make out she's not feeling it uh, jay's like uh, come on I, I know you've done this before he saw how she jumped to sal's aid and uh and says he knows they used to date she says just because she went on a date with sal doesn't mean that she slept with him and realizes that, that that's the only reason jay went out with her she throws him off of her and jay's like i'm out of here and he, he leaves her in the room where she gets locked in. Stooge is in the hall, pounding on the door, calling to Suzanne to get into the bathroom. In the bathroom, Suzanne looks in the mirror and sees her face begin to transform into this kind of like scaly, uh, you know, kind of old uh, looking uh, face, you know? Yeah. And then the mirror shatters. Uh, Stooge breaks down the door but doesn't find Suzanne inside. Back in the main room, Sal is watching Angela. She's acting really weird. She quotes Arabic Bible verses and moves around the room, going in and out of weird poses, sort of half dancing, feeling herself crawling on the floor. Right. So we should we should make this clear, guys, that uh, that when Suzanne kissed Angela, he, she also possessed Angela. Yeah, she
0: transferred the demon like uh, Mono. That's right. Just like Mono, like we were talking about earlier. Folks. Everyone was scared of AIDS at the time. So, you know, and they thought you could get AIDS from kissing. So it made it. Uh. You know, extra scary in that context.
1: Absolutely. So suddenly the Boombox comes on again, blasting
0: Stigmata Martyr by Bauhaus. Yeah, Bauhaus. I saw them at a Cruel World Festival a few months back. Uh, they played under a blood moon. It was ridiculous. Oh, hell yeah. It was awesome.
1: Uh, So that song plays as Angela dances by the fire, sort of seductively, uh, but there's something disturbing about it. The strobe light begins to flash as she dances more and more energetically, spinning around, seeming to be almost disappearing and reappearing in a series of jump cuts. Sal is a little freaked out and begins to back out of the room. And then he backs onto Stooge. He warns her that uh, she's been acting weird, which Stooge totally ignores, saying, it's not the weird ones you got to watch out for. Sal leaves and Stooge begins to dance with Angela. She says, kiss me. And as he does, he begins to struggle and scream. She pulls back and we see that she has bitten off his tongue. Her face has become demonic with giant sharp teeth. She chews on his tongue before
0: spitting it back at him and smiling. I would say this dance scene, like... Uh I thought it was one of the better scenes in the movie. What'd you think? I thought it was really cool with the strobe light and stuff and the jump cuts. Yeah. And like, yeah. uh, Amelia Kincaid, who played Angela was a, like a trained, like uh modern and like ballet and jazz dancer. So they let her choreograph her own scene.
1: Oh, very cool.
0: Yeah. Cause I was watching it, you know, and I was just like, eh, she's kind of dancing around a little bit. I'm sure this will be fine. And then it gets like way too good. Right. You yeah, know? yeah. And they're like, Oh wow. She's really, she's really fucking like yeah that's a good point dancing her ass off right now (laughs) like this like so
1: we cut back to sal right uh discovering suzanne in a closet she has lipstick smeared from her mouth and up around her eyes in a heart shape and says i'm fixing my face sal says she's good looking but her and Ange are a little too weird for him and so he leaves suzanne looks in the broken mirror before opening the top of her dress uh this was a a very straight on uh, uh boob shot here. Uh, in another room, Max and Franny decide to hook up in an old coffin. Meanwhile, Suzanne is drawing a circle of lipstick around her boob before she inserts the lipstick into her left nipple, uh disappearing this uh lipstick.
0: Yeah, never seen something like that before.
1: No, not 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 I either. So Jay finds her. Jay is very horny, pent up, and he's just had it, right? He's gotta he's gotta get it wet.
0: Yeah, he's going to smash
1: something. That's right. He's going to insert something. Uh, so Jay sees uh, Suzanne and she smeared her makeup with her tits out and he moves in. He said that he says, that's not a bad paint job, but I think it needs a little touching up Uh super creepy move here, folks. Just so we uh, note this part of the yeah. movie, if you find it's- a woman in a closet who's painting her tits with lipstick, she is not well.
0: Yeah, right. Like probably not in, uh you know, the right shape to give uh, fully informed consent no no
1: it yeah. reminded me of a, a moment where i i was at a party and as a high schooler and um i was making out with this girl because we were uh she started flirting with me and we went we started making out and then i was like oh, i gotta go pee and i went to go pee and i came back and i opened the closet where we were and she was uh like stumbling around and just uh i was like
0: oh oh this is not good and i and i uh left <laughs> Yeah, well, good, good. I'm glad that you did, you know. Yeah, like, thanks. It's the right decision to make. Yeah, it was like a very,
1: it felt very reminiscent of that moment. So Sal finds Angela saying that uh, he's leaving, right? And she says, I-, I was just warming my hands by the fire. And she pulls them up and she reveals that they're burning hands melting and uh, from the fireplace. And Sal watches in disgust and horror as the skin of her uh, hands just melts off. And he goes to the front door but it won't open and he runs off into the house outside roger is asleep in angela's car before it shakes and he wakes up thinking it's stooge messing with him suddenly helen's dead body and bloody face splatters on the windshield and roger runs off screaming inside suzanne takes off her underwear and skirt flashing some well-manicured
0: bush at Jay before climbing up on top of him. Actually reminds me of a thing that happened to me in high school at a party. <laughs> oh, that's that sounds like a better experience. Eh, you know, this is a drunk girl. <laughs> yeah. I, again, also was just like, all right, I'm going to move on from this situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she stops and says, What are you looking at? Is my makeup?
1: okay? stop staring at me. And she looks up at the ceiling, right? And when she looks down, her face is transformed into a fucked up, slimy, boil covered demon face with big yellow eyes and fucked up teeth in a monster voice. She says, stop looking at me before reaching down and gouging out uh, Jay's eyes, just pressing her thumbs into his eyes. A little classic uh, murder uh, technique. Yeah. You know, he kind of had it coming. He's a creep. Oh, for sure. So Judy, still locked in a room, uh, hears Jay scream. Cut to Franny. Uh, Cut to Franny sits up from having sex in the coffin with Max. They're both sore from fucking in a coffin. And he complains that it's worse than his brother's V-dub. Suddenly, Demon Stooge appears. He snaps Franny's neck and goes to shut the coffin lid on them, uh, repeatedly slamming it down on Max's arm as he screams. Cut to Roger, terrified, sneaking around the house behind him Angela's voice says welcome back Roger and he turns to see demon Angela behind him he runs off into Sal and says Angela's possessed and something happened to Helen Angela walks past the other end of the hallway as they hide just out of sight around the corner meanwhile demon Stooge is trying to get into the room where Judy is locked up uh, she says she thinks it's Jay coming back for her uh, but Stooge gets distracted and walks away leaving her there Sal and Roger are looking around the uh, Sal and Roger are looking around for a way out when judy calls for help from the other side of the door roger is concerned but sal breaks open the door and runs in uh, to look for her there's a moment where you know she won't come out but then there's a little jump scare she jumps into his arms right before demon angela begins to float towards them from down the hall judy collapses out of sight but sal grabs her and they run into another room and close the door behind them inside judy discovers suzanne sitting with jay's head in her lap his eyes have been gouged out and she says hey how about an orgy? I'm sure we can try and get Jay hard again. And Sal says, Judy, run! Suzanne turns into a demon, knocks Sal through a window. Judy runs off in the other direction before Suzanne turns back to normal and says, Run, Judy, run! See, Judy, run! And she's laughing creepily. Uh, Judy turns down the hall where all the doors are slamming shut on their own. In another direction, a door opens and she runs inside. She's in the room with the coffins. Uh, finding Max's severed arm just before it, it it comes alive and grabs her ankle. She screams, and as she does, the coffin opens up behind her, and undead Max and Franny sit up, reaching for her, moaning like zombies, before she runs off. Judy goes to the front door, but it won't open. She heads upstairs to a darkened hallway. Sal wakes up in a pile of broken glass. He's in an enclosed air shaft and uh, climbs up a water pipe to the other side of the house. Uh, Judy finds Roger on the other side of the barred window, but before she can get to him, Demon Stooge pops out and grabs him through the bars. Judy runs around the house, finding demons at every turn. She ends up on a third floor balcony, quartered by Demon Stooge. From a lower floor, Roger calls up to her. She tries to get him to be quiet, not to uh, uh, alert any of the demons. But he says, look out behind you. And Demon, Demon Angela appears. She says, enjoying the view, and then grabs her by the throat. Sal appears on the roof. From out of nowhere joe yeah he was climbing up somewhere <laughs> he was climbing up somewhere it's just a fun cut because when we yeah. see him he's just kind of standing still you know <laughs> would have been nice to have him like run into frame but he's just kind of there just like
0: standing <laughs> yeah yeah it's like how long have you been standing there um he's been waiting to rescue somebody on this balcony
1: yeah and he becomes the kind of guy that you're kind of like i do like this guy a little bit you know he's kind of mm-hmm. become like a heroic figure yeah. So he moves in to save Judy from Angela, and Judy is knocked over the side of the balcony in the process. She's hanging from a ledge as Sal and Angela go over to the other side of the balcony, and they're fighting. Uh, so then Angela throws Sal over the balcony, right? And uh, he hits the ground, and a fence post uh, impales him through the middle of his chest.
0: Damn, that's when we were starting to like that guy.
1: Yeah, you really, I was a moment where I was like, I think that Sal might end up being the the dude who survives with Judy here.
0: Yeah, you think like he sets up, they like, set him up as a dickhead, but then he gets better as the night goes on. That's right, because you, you you have like there's the two romantic figures. You got Jay and Sal, and you're like,
1: well, Sal is going to die, and, and and you know what, Jay will probably die as well. But then you're kind of like, well, maybe Jay will die, and Sal will keep going. But it's not the case, folks. Nope. So Judy is dangling from a ledge, struggling to make her way over to the lower deck where Roger is, so that she can uh, jump into his arms. She sees it, Sal is impaled on the ground just before demon Stooge appears and she falls, landing safely on top of Roger. Stooge jumps down, landing right in front of them before they run off, only to find Angela waiting at the bottom of the stairs. We see that a headstone has sprouted up by Sal's body, marking his birth and death, which reads, tonight. Angela chases Judy and Roger through the house and into the basement. They find a room where they lock themselves safely inside and they begin to laugh. Oh, we made it. And they keep laughing. But then Roger begins to sob and Judy comforts him, saying that she knows that they're going to make it. She finds a door to a huge incinerator. Roger wants to pray first. That's Roger's big plan. He says, why don't we pray? And Judy says, I've been praying all night. And uh, that's good. That's good enough. You know, it's the pray prayers aren't working here, folks. Well, I mean, they're still alive at this point, you know? Yeah, I guess you're right. So Judy figures out uh, that the door is an, is, uh, is to an oven, and she finds an old skull inside before slamming it shut. The demons are banging on the door of the crematorium, demanding Roger to open the door and give them Judy. He tells them to go to hell, and they say, not tonight. Judy works out that they're, they aren't going to go to hell because it's Halloween, and that they just have to wait until the, dawn. They just have to wait until dawn, and they'll be okay. The hinges start coming off the door. The demons are opening it with their demon powers. Judy says that they need to find a weapon. She pulls out the gas pipe of the incinerator and starts spraying gas. And she says, <laughs> okay, hold on. This is another thing I like. So she pulls the pipe of the incinerator and it starts spewing gas. And then she says, gas, just naming another element, you know, Yeah,
0: <laughs> which I really like. She does have a lot of those lines where she just says a word, like real surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because she's uh, Judy. Also, the character is just like over the top, like innocent seeming. Yes. Like she's like so sweet. It's almost just like. Yeah. Come on. Absolutely. She's also dressed as Alice in Wonderland. That's correct. That's
1: what it was. As the demons try to break through the door, Judy manages to light the lighter, creating a makeshift flamethrower with the gas leak and roasting demon stooge and Angela. Roger shuts off the gas. They're okay, But suddenly the skeleton arm reaches out and grabs Roger. And he runs off, abandoning Judy. Uh, Not cool, Roger. Yeah, no, he's he's very afraid. (laughs) He's a coward. But as he runs off, all the doors in the house begin to slam shut. They end up at the front door. Roger says they can't get out just before undead Jay appears right behind him with gouged out eyes. And now I like the way that Jay looks. You know, he's got like this big frown on his face. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's a it's a great he's much more entertaining. And uh, I'd, I'd much rather hang out with undead Jay than the other one. Than than alive Jay. Yeah, I'd much rather ha- hang out with an undead Jay with no eyes. Yeah, we seem like a preppy douche. I didn't like him. No, nobody does. So from the other room. Demon Angela asks, what's the matter with Judy? And says, don't you like your blind date? Oh, what a cute line. These demons love puns. They love puns. That's one thing we know. And there's a lot of them. So the demons and undead party guests are surrounding Judy and Roger. And then then Roger says, you won't get me. And then he dives through a window, abandoning Judy once again. So Judy follows him inside and tells him that they have to get past the wall and cross the underground stream. He tells her that there's no gate. And so they have to start climbing up a dangling piece of barbed wire. Roger starts climbing up the the wire and screams as he does because his hands are just being chopped up. And uh, he makes it to the top, and Judy begins to climb up. But the burnt, blackened Stooge grabs her, leaving her leg blistered from his hot body. Uh, hot body. Uh, it's a,
0: it's a it's in a different context here. Temperature-wise, hot body. That's right. Although you know, some people, you know, Stooge is going to be just their type. He's tall and thick as a sweet mullet. Absolutely. And some
1: people feel like having pork, another pun that we uh, mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the demons and undead come outside and begin to claw at Judy as she screams and Roger falls over to the other side of the wall. Judy's starting to slip, screaming for Roger. Um, and, and and he's just over on the other side of the wall. He's closing his ears because he doesn't want to hear it. We're, we're like, come on, you know, you're, you're being a real coward here, folks. He's just you he cannot build up the courage. But just as she's about to lose grip, he grabs onto her hand at the last minute and she says, and he says, climb girl, climb. He manages to pull her up and they make it to the other side. Inside the demons collapse into a pile of smoke and Judy and Roger watch as the dragon skeleton demon head roars and begins to collapse in on itself until it disappears.
0: I was say, The way the demons go is kind of anticlimactic. They just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, sort of like, you know, just like go down out of frame and there's just smoke. You're like, are they burning? Yeah. Are they just <laughs> turning into dust? What's happening? Yeah, you don't really know what's going on with them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the sun comes up, and Judy and Roger are walking home, bruised, bloody, and filthy. Uh, they pass the old crotchety man's house from earlier. He calls them rotten pig trash for no real reason. He's just an old mean guy. As they pass, uh, as they walk by, and uh, he says, "They'll all rot in hell." The old man goes inside and his wife serves him coffee and pie. She says, good morning, dear. And he replies, yeah, what's so good about it? Before digging in, she asks how she likes the food and he says, it's okay. And his wife says, just okay. You used to love my homemade pies. And he says, it's homemade. When did you make this? She says she had to do something with all those leftover apples that he had. And his face scrunches up. And his 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 body starts to tense and shake. He cries out as a razor blade shreds its way out of his neck and then his head falls dead into his plate. His wife walks up with her coffee cup and kisses his is uh, the top of his head. And she says, Happy Halloween, dear, and takes a sip of her coffee before credits roll. Yeah, uh, very interesting way to end this movie. Um, Kind of with like a almost with like a non plot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with the movie. This old man from the beginning of the movie, just they set it up by he's going to try and kill these little, uh, you know, cut these little kids mouths with razors and their apples. And then we cut back to that later. And and that's how we
0: end is this old lady murders her shitty husband. Gives him a taste of his own medicine, you know? Yeah. But it is a classic Halloween thing. You know, the the apples with razor blades. Absolutely. It is in the misfits song Halloween, you know? Right. Right. Danzig mentions candy apples with razor blades. See, now that's where I'm at. Uh, candy apples uh, with razor blades
1: makes more sense than just regular all apples. Yeah. But hey, they didn't have the budget for the extra coating. They said. It's, I don't know. It's just weird because I, I we were all war- warned as kids. Right. We grew up in the 90s and and uh, when we were, were trick or treating, that was one thing that was like, I don't know where it came from. I don't know what the origin of that is, but it had to have been like one just an
0: urban legend, I think
1: either urban legend or just one case where it may have maybe one time happened and then it became
0: uh, a thing. It was always know? like uh check your candy because people will put drugs in it. And it's like, uh, yeah, drugs are nobody's given out free drugs. <laughs> no, expensive. nobody was giving out free drugs. <laughs> even like the, even rich people who do drugs don't have extra drugs. Yeah. They're not like, I'm going to sprinkle this, uh, this Kit Kat with
1: some of my leftover cocaine. Yeah, would have been nice. Crystal meth, pop rocks, or whatever it is. Yeah, that would have been fun. But yeah, no, I remember my my uh, my friend. His dad was very like adamant about that. He was like, "We have to check your candy for a razor blade." He
0: took it real seriously. He was like, "Oh, oh yeah, absolutely." So his candy had to be inspected before we got to eat it. Oh man, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think my parents really believed that that was a real thing. But yeah, no razor blades. We never heard of anybody. We had no friends that had razor blades in their
1: candy. Some of you guys listening to this may not have even been alive or been uh, old enough to
0: to remember that. But that was a big thing. Has that gone away? Is that not a thing they say anymore?
1: I think it's more of a joke now. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, until it actually happens again. I mean, this is what happens, though, with like the, the local news in any city will say something happened. Like, I don't know if you remember, I think it was like in Chicago or something there were like a group of of kids or a a couple group of kids that were playing something called the knockout game. Do you remember this craze? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was a big, yeah. Yeah.
1: People were going up to just random people on the street and decking them and, and, and knocking them out on the street. And then it was like the knockout game. And it became like this kind of like blown up thing where it was like, just, you know, watch out for groups of kids walking down the streets, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah I remember that. Punch you in the face. I remember, too. Yeah. It was like when they uh said, like, what was it? Like, it was a Slender Man or one of those other, like, creepy pasta things. And they were like, oh, it's making kids all over kill themselves. Like, yeah. And commit murder and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty fun with stuff.
1: I mean, it's it's. I think stuff like that still does blow up. If it's something that we're unfamiliar with that we haven't seen before and it happens one or two times. Uh, the, the, the media outlets are going to try
0: to blow it up. You know, I don't think oh, it's yeah. as
1: common now with, with social media and stuff, but
0: I mean, but if the local news can cause a panic, they will absolutely, you know, and like so many gullible people will just buy into that shit so easily. Absolutely. The, the check your candy thing features prominently in our next movie, by the way. Oh yeah. What's, what's our, what's our next movie? Uh, it's trick or treat ah. trick apostrophe R treat, not to be confused with trick or treat from the 80s ah very different movies oh oh. fantastic yeah but yeah i think that's a fun way to end the movie with the the razor blade coming out of that old asshole guy's neck even though it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the plot at all it has nothing to do with the plot um
1: and it also is a thing where you're like uh yeah i mean you know you got to suspend your disbelief uh 100% here because how could a man put a razor blade in his mouth and not catch it before it's he swallows yeah chew it up and swallow it and not notice it till it's all the way down (laughs) right and then i also like that it's just like more fun oh it's much more fun but yeah that it just almost like uh like it almost like projectile shoots out of his neck you know in a way Mm -hmm. that's very fun uh but yeah great watch i mean it's it's a very entertaining movie and like joe said it's not boring it is very campy um and I, i i i i I think I somewhat or fully uh, retract my statement about it being so bad that it's good. It is a very specific brand and genre of film. And for that great watch.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like, if you want to consider it bad from like a, I don't know the fact that it's just like a movie that didn't take itself seriously. That's, you know, totally fair. It's just my personal point of view is that, you know, if a thing is good, it's good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know what, man, that's a, I think that's a very uh,
1: very open-minded and uh, interesting way of, of looking at it, Joe, and uh, I'll keep that in mind. So what else? Do you have anything else about this uh, uh, movie that you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, I got some stuff here. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, I got some notes about a few of the cast members. Uh, Amelia Kincaid, who played Angela, is a pretty interesting one. She's an actor and dancer. Uh, she was the niece of Rue McClanahan, who played Blanche Devereaux on The Golden Girls. Oh, I'm very familiar with Rue yeah uh yeah she apparently visited the set of night of the demons oh right on yeah i've watched a lot of golden girls i've seen
1: a bit it's a good show yeah fun show my only problem with golden girls is that um especially in the first season the plot of every episode is somebody's coming over Mm. and then just somebody comes over i mean what more do you really need yeah, they're old people. They don't like to leave the house too much, and people visit a lot.
0: Yeah, they're old. It's a yeah,
1: they got to gotta cover all the relatives and the extended family. and
0: They got personalities, you know.
1: That's correct. It's a very, very, very fun. I mean, there's some great jokes in that show.
0: But uh, as a dancer, uh, she performed with Smokey Robinson, Ray Charles, The Four Tops, and Donna Summers. Uh, she appeared in the dance films break 2, Electric Boogaloo, Body Rock, and Fast Forward. Okay. Uh, and she was in also in a lot of music videos. Uh, and she actually got cast in Night of the Demons after they saw her dancing in uh, the Stray Cats video for the song She's Sexy and 17. Wow. Which is uh, one of those classic uh, creepy songs about crime. Yeah, absolutely it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as an actor, she was in uh, all three Night of the Demons movies there there was a small franchise they made three of them in a remake but she is also works as a professional psychic pet communicator no yeah she communicates oh boy communicates with household pets and tells their owners what their pets are thinking and she doesn't stop at pets she can communicate with all animals absolutely of course she can uh she's been featured in the new york times and uh, many other newspaper articles and uh she was on a tv pilot where she she communicated with Tammy Fay Baker's dog. Fantastic. Uh, she wrote multiple books on the topic, including Straight from the Horse's Mouth, How to Talk to Animals. Right. And of Soul Mates, Soulmates yeah. with Paws, Hooves, and Wings. All right. One of the articles referred to her as the real life Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. Uh, she also. The real life, huh? Yeah. She also teaches classes. No. To teach you how to learn to communicate with pets. And I think oh. I'm going to do it okay i'll go you know i'll go with you i think I'm, I'm pretty good at kind of getting a read on what animals are into so you know i feel like i can take it to the next level and actually learn to have full conversations uh with them i mean if you do that i will do it you wanna okay
1: this it? you think it's still happening uh it seems like it yeah if it is we should do it we should do, it. We'll do we maybe we can do like a patreon episode or something <laughs> oh yeah that would be <laughs> we should take her class and then report yeah. back yeah uh yeah well, I'll, I'll, i wonder if she could tell me what my cat is thinking uh after she um captured a small bird this morning and uh ate its head uh here's something i didn't know joe hmm. cats when they capture birds the first thing they eat is their head. I didn't know that. Like it's a like it's a delicacy or something. That's like their that's like their go to is they eat the head first. Yeah. So I it captured a bird and it walked into the house today because this is like a it's like a crazy Bronx cat. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's uh, spayed and, and vaccinated and all good to go. But um, but it comes in and out and it walked in the door today with a, a bird in its mouth. And I was like, oh, no, no I'm going to get out, get outside. I kicked, I kicked her out. And then I was texting this girl, Maria, and Maria was like, you know, when they catch a bird, the cat will will eat the head first. And I was like, no shit. And so I went outside and found the bird's carcass.
0: No head. Well, that's, uh, I learned something new today. We don't let our cat outside, so she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't get the opportunity to kill anything but flies that occasionally come inside the house.
1: Yeah, cats are—they uh, will kill birds if given the chance.
0: It could be creepy, you know. I watched that movie *Beast* with Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a cat in that movie. You know, it's a lion, so a little bit bigger one. But yes, those are bigger. Uh, but anyway, back to this movie. Uh, so uh, Linnea Quigley, uh, who plays Suzanne. Uh, is an american actor producer singer author and animal rights activist uh she's best known for playing trash in return of the living dead okay who is a punk chick who gets naked in a cemetery and then gets eaten by zombies right on uh and then runs around as a naked zombie punk chick but she's been eaten by zombies and yet she is uh she's perfect like she, she doesn't have any bite marks or scratches oh fun well they want to keep her body pristine for the uh hot for the viewer hot naked zombie (laughs) running around the cemetery that's uh starting in the 80s continuing to present day she's appeared in dozens of b horror films including night of the demons witch trap creepazoids nightmare sisters hollywood chainsaw hookers a Nightmare on Elm Street Four, The Dream Master, and Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolo Rama. All right, which is a fun movie with a racist uh, imp. That sounds fun. A oh, racist imp, like the imp just says racist stuff. No, it just is a racist char- like a racist <laughs> character,
1: like a caricature of a.
0: Yeah, it just has like okay. this like uh, exaggerated, <laughs> like deep, like jazz man voice for some okay. reason. <laughs> okay, of course, that's fun. Uh huh. Yeah, fun movie. That one might be bad. <laughs> sure. Uh, she also uh, formed an all girl band called The Skirts, whose music appeared in several of her movies. She started dating special effects artist Steve Johnson uh, on the set of Night of the Demons when she came in to get the mold for her fake breast done. Uh, he later pro- proposed to her after she emerged covered in KY jelly. From Freddie's chest on the set of Nightmare on Elm Street four. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I thought her boobs were her boobs fake the whole time. No, they were real. Uh, but actually, then they just made like a pretty, pretty solid mold. But basically, they used gelatin to mold the the fake, <laughs> the fake boobs, and then they shot it from a full on angle so you couldn't see the depth of it, and uh, the lipstick was like collapsible. But, you know, because it was gelatin, she was able to just like pop it right into her nipple and then it just like resealed. That's great. Got a few notes here. And this is the last bit I have from uh, you're invited making Night of the Demons. Okay, Many aspects of the script were rewritten to accommodate the small budget and the house that was used as the shooting location. So the budget was like just under a million dollars, I think. Okay. And uh, they shot it at a house that was right in downtown L.A. Okay. cast actually lived in the house, which they found extremely creepy, claimed to hear weird noises. Uh, Alvin Alexis, who played Roger, felt like it was really haunted. At one point, there was a woman on the street, and she was staring at Billy Gallo, who played Sal. And it was just like, why is this lady staring at me? And then she told him, like, get out, get out. Oh, Jesus. Nothing really ever happened. The house is now uh, Ralph's grocery store. Okay. It was on a shot on a busy street, but then they used like uh, matte paintings or something to make it look like it was up on some hill. Sweet. James W. Quinn, who played one of the convenience store clerks, did all the demon voices, which he learned to do by uh, mimicking the demon voice from The Exorcist as a kid. Oh, right on. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Hal Havens, who played Stooge, got the line, eat a bowl of fuck. From John Belushi's autobiography. (laughs) Apparently Belushi got suspended from Second City when he used the line on stage. They didn't want him to say it and he did it anyway.
1: Yeah, times have changed.
0: Yeah, can say eat a bowl of fuck now, but you can't, uh, you know be uh misogynist constantly calling yeah yeah we we don't like that now the tables have turned yeah right <laughs> it was weird that like say eat a bowl of fuck was off limits but just like uh you know calling every woman a bitch every five seconds was
1: yeah or just like the the rampant uh, harassment that went on within like second city and other uh you know improv theaters around the world constantly
0: oh yeah yeah right but yeah yeah a bowl of fuck that's that's where we draw the line yeah uh the cast spent a month inhaling blue smoke that they use for the night shots and for the next several months when they blew their nose they had uh, blue boogers would come out
1: oh jesus god
0: yeah like in this uh like three or four of them all brought this up they're like yeah it's just blue boogers for months on end after that movie that's months yeah god damn it must have just been deep in their fucking lungs yeah with some type of like like uh, it's like some disc that they lit on fire that like just causes blue smoke they've apparently banned them since which uh, you know makes sense Um, the special effects designer and creator Steve Johnson uh, took inspiration from Lon Chaney uh, stretching the actors faces back with silk and using prosthetics and multiple layers of makeup to create the various stages of uh possession pretty good job yeah yeah he learned how to do the the lipstick effect while working with rick baker on video draw oh, hell yeah uh, i mentioned how they did that the uh possession makeup was a nightmare for the actors uh it usually took about five to six hours to apply and then another hour and a half to get off but the makeup for the final stages where they were all burnt and stuff mm-hmm. uh, took in some cases uh it ranged from 11 to 16 hours
1: how is that even possible
0: I don't know, but like uh, Amelia Kincaid said like they would go in at three in the afternoon and then be finished at like six AM the next morning.
1: Yeah. I mean, so they uh so they uh
0: <laughs> so they'd sleep in it? I don't understand. No, they were just awake sitting in a chair getting worked on the whole time. Oh fucking Christ. And then they had to shoot, you know. Yeah. Uh but she said it was really easy to act possessed when you were so incredibly unhappy. Right. Uh and during the scene with her hands burning. Uh, she had they were covered in gel and she had six seconds to let it burn before she had to dunk her hands in ice water or it would have burned through and uh, burned her skin off
1: yeah sometimes actors gotta do some crazy shit folks
0: yeah yeah so some of them did their own stunts for this one Uh, critical reception night of the demons has a 36% rating uh, from critics on Rotten Tomatoes with many of the reviews criticizing it for being sexist and misogynist which uh, you know there's a fair argument to be made for that I think it's more the characters are meant to be misogynist and unlikable right right at least in Stooges case yes but uh, yeah you know some people interpret that as saying the uh, entire point of view of the film is misogynist which is debatable I guess yeah, I
1: mean, it seems to be a lot
0: of that going on with these reviews. Yeah, I mean, those, you know, I don't know, all those characters kind of get what's coming to them, I think. But I think so. Some other critics complained about the film's use of cliche horror tropes and stereotypical characters, which it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Borrowed heavily from Evil Dead and Demons and a bit from The Exorcist too. Some others consider it a fun camp classic, and I think I'm more in that. Yeah. I think so. I think I'd lean to uh, towards that. And the only other note that I has, is I just wanted to say that there is uh, notable the stickers on the boombox in the car. You have uh, like kind of a who's who of 80s hardcore. Uh, the boombox has uh, Fear, The Circle Jerks, Dead Kennedys, Motorhead, TSOL, and Poison for some reason, which is real <laughs> out of place among the rest of those bands. Yeah. Uh, and then Angela's car has an Exodus sticker on it, which was the... First Bay Area thrash band at uh, Metallica kind of Ripped sort off. of stole their thing a little bit. Yeah. And also their, yeah. you know, Kirk Hammett was originally in Exodus before he joined Metallica too. Wow. But uh, I, I just, I like that. And I like that he's Bauhaus. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's great. They were the band that, you know, created the goth genre. And I think. Uh, yeah. That rolls. Good use of music in this movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but that's all the notes that I have. That was a good movie. Yeah. I think it was a fun one, right? Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. It was very fun. And it's also free on YouTube, folks, if you want to watch it. So you want to do some of these, uh, what, is superlatives? Uh, all right. So first one is going to be Best Kill. Uh, for me, my my favorite one was when uh, Angela bites off Stuge's tongue. It's real bloody. Yeah. That's, like, maybe the best, like, horrifying scene, I think, in the movie in terms of a uh, kill. What do you what about you? Well, yeah, for kill, I mean, there aren't, like, a bunch of, like, uh, sp- spectacular
1: kills in this movie. Um, but I would either say... Uh, Suzanne gouging out the eyes of uh, Jay, just because uh, we were all happy to see Jay go. I
0: think maybe that was my third favorite.
1: Yeah, and I think that the other one uh, I liked when the when Stooge uh, slammed Max's hand in the or arm in the coffin because he just kept doing it. Like I think he did it like five or six times, you know, just yeah. over and over.
0: Really, really going for it till so it came off, and then left him in a, a a coffin with his dead girlfriend on top of him. Yeah pretty brutal yeah that one that was rough uh also like the uh the razor blade through the neck at the end yeah it's a that was a solid one yeah um let's see what's next we got uh what's the scare meter rating for this one i mean t- two yeah i would give it a t- yeah probably a two also it's got some creepy stuff a little bit it does it has some creepy moments yeah it's not like really i don't know to me not a very scary movie no it's not gonna it's not gonna spook you Now, if you're watching, if if you're the kind of person like, uh, you know, like our buddy M.K. Paulson, who's afraid to watch scary movies, then this might be a little higher. Oh, yeah. Did he say that? Yeah. We're in our pilot writing group and uh, we're talking about like what stuff we've been watching. I mentioned I've been watching the Chucky series Mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, I can't do scary stuff. A lot of people say that a lot of uh... it's funny to me because he's a big dude. He's like six two, you know, like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't handle it. No, I run into a lot of people who say that they can't, they just can't
1: do it. Because they get spooked, and I'm
0: like, I get it. Yeah, I actually talked to some people who listen to this podcast, and they're like, "Oh, I can't watch scary movies, but it's fun to learn about them." Yeah, that rules. All right, so uh, gore score on this one, I think it's five out of ten, six out of ten, Savini's.
1: Yeah, I would give it. I would probably. I'm going to have to be right there with you, Joe, on that one. I think a five out of six, five to six, Savini's for this one. Yeah, uh, the the makeup's pretty good, but we don't have a, like
0: we said, but there's not a lot of gruesome murders in this one yeah there's a couple good ones but uh it's pretty tame yeah a lot of it is just uh creepy demon makeup that's correct you got to pick for your what do you think is the best or worst line of the movie Ooh, okay
1: so here's mine i like this one a lot when billy opens the door and sal pops out and he says i wish i brought a camera you look like you dropped a load junior uh i just that line is i really thought about that line a lot because (laughs) (laughs) because first of all he's talking about a prepubescent boy ejaculating is that the kind of load he was talking about i wasn't sure i don't know either i i I assume that he was i was saying he shit his pants or that he uh... yeah but i mean it's the 80s so i feel like when anytime we talk about dropping a load these days it's always uh, jizz so i was like yeah maybe he was talking about shitting his pants but uh it, it translates different to today so i was just like What an odd thing to say to a child about how he looks like he just jizzed his pants.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I have to say the, I think the best worst line of the movie is when Billy pops out of the closet and starts talking about uh, his sister's uh, tits. Right. What does he say? Like if they keep growing anymore, you're going to have to get somebody to, you're gonna have to hire somebody just to tie your shoes. Oh yeah. That's what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, it's just, it is an odd thing that this little Billy boy just comments on his sister's tits so much. You wonder, cause he says it two times within a t- 12 minute period that you're like, and that's almost the only thing he says. <laughs> yeah. That's really his whole personality is his sister's
0: tits. It's hard to beat that that line, I think. Yeah, it's it pretty solid. Eat a bowl of fucks, pretty good too. But that was a lifted line, though. Yeah, you got to pick your. Uh, you got a favorite character out of this one?
1: I gotta say, the most entertaining character for me was probably Sal,
0: just because of his accent was just odd and absurd, pretty over the top, and he kind of felt like like he was like. You know, like a, a character that was like outdated by like twenty or thirty years. Like, oh, for sure. Where did they get this like nineteen fifties guy? Like, <laughs> no, you will not see a character like that ever again if it, unless it's being parodied. I really like Suzanne because I think Linnea Quigley is great. Uh, and she had some some really she had some pretty great lines too. Yeah, if we if we try, we can get Jay Hard again. <laughs> He's got gouge out Yeah, us. you guys have sour balls. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Angela was pretty great too. Yeah, I liked Angela. She was good good stereotypical goth chick yeah hell yeah dude but yeah i think that uh, about covers it right yeah man i think that we can wrap it up here
1: um yeah so guys watch that movie check it out i uh, hope you're all doing uh, good and you're preparing you're getting your costumes ready and already going to some early halloween parties i know that i'm going to one tonight kind of it's a show where there's gonna be some people dressing up and i do not have a costume so i will be uh going as uh me Mm -hmm. Uh, which I don't love doing, but uh, I didn't know it was happening, you know, and I'm not on the show, so I don't have to be uh, dressed up. Yeah, you can go as a comedian. Yeah, I'll go as a comedian who uh, isn't on the show.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch the last drive in Halloween special tonight and rest my voice because, uh, it's supposed to be recording tomorrow, assuming it doesn't get canceled for COVID or something again.
1: All right on, dude. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. All right. Well, uh, oh, by the way, folks, I just want to tag this last episode. I got a text. I did a semen study. I don't know if I told you about this, Joe. No, but, uh, I got paid $75. Um, a, there's a comedian here named Sarah Edelman, uh, who works at a clinic, um, as like I I don't know, like junior scientist or something. Right. And uh, she texted me uh, to let me know that I am fertile. Oh, good. Yeah. So anybody out there is wondering if Nick was fertile. uh, The rumors are true. He's fertile. Good
0: to know though. Good information to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to let the ladies know. Yeah. But, uh, but that is episode, I think 16 of the only horror movie podcast folks. And we appreciate you. Please go and do all the things. Keep telling your friends you know rate us do all that stuff it's doing a lot for us so thank you so much yeah we appreciate it thanks guys see you next week
0: later